you might need an interpreter this morning, you know. I, I'm from Scotland, but I love the way the Holy Spirit works and how he has orchestrated this. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about this, my, the, the message of my sermon this morning is standing in the gap of brokenness with prayer. And honestly, from what has just been said by Raoul, I never met the man, but I knew he was a man of God. And because he stood in the gap, he has reached into broken lives, thousands of broken lives, because he, he took that step and he stepped in to the gap of brokenness. And it could even be tens of thousands. That's the numbers of people that his ministry has affected. And so my name is Bill Richardson. I'm from the, the Light of the World Prayer Center. And it's just wonderful to be here with you guys. It feels like family. You have your prayer meeting at the Light of the World Prayer Center on a Tuesday night. And I just feel so welcome there and so blessed when I get to come. And so being here, it feels like I'm returning the favor. You know, this is like your front room right here. Amen. But as I, as I share about this, and uh, Pastor Jeremy wanted to share on uh, the book of Nehemiah. And the book of Nehemiah is really about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And so what I want to do, I'm not going to go through that whole book. You'll be glad to know. But if you, you should listen to it. It's a wonderful book. But what I want to do is I want to use that as a picture of Bellingham. And so just to say that these were sort of dark days in the history of Israel. In fact, Nehemiah was actually born in exile. He was currently serving under a foreign king. And what happens is, is that his brother is in Jerusalem. And he comes back and Nehemiah asks him. And in Nehemiah 1 verse 3 and 4, this is a response that he gets. They said to me, that's his brother, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, this is the problem. The city of Jerusalem is in great trouble and disgrace. When the walls of a city are broken down, it means that, you are, that the enemies are free to come in. It means that you're open to attack. There is brokenness in the walls all around the city. So when Nehemiah hears of these things, notice his reaction. He sits down and he weeps. As we see in Scotland, he is gutted by the situation, gutted like a fish, right? He's, and he's, he's mournful. He's broken by the brokenness of the situation. Brothers and sisters this morning, I want you to be thinking on this as I'm giving this message. Are we broken by the brokenness in people around us? Because as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be. And so this causes him to be in mourning. It causes him to fast and it leads him to pray and cry out. You see, the, the walls of Jerusalem, they're not too dissimilar to the days that we live in in Bellingham. 
as we look around, the fact is we see great trouble and disgrace in Bellingham. We see it in Whatcom County. We see it in the United States of America. We don't have walls around the city, but we see brokenness all around us. Drug addiction and alcoholism are, rubbing, are robbing many people of their lives. Homelessness is abundant. And family dysfunction is just out of control. Our young people are having to learn things in the school curriculum which go against our Christian values. Pornography is a huge problem for both young men and women. And the sex trade is very alive in, in Bellingham. With the current times that we live in, there's much fear and uncertainty. COVID has brought division, job loss, and insecurity. Some of us have recently lost loved ones to the disease, Raul being one of them. The bottom line is, is that there is brokenness everywhere and within every age group of our society. The world around us is in pain and they are desperately needy they desperately need the love and the hope of the lord jesus christ amen you know we have the answer to that they need that hope and compassion that only the lord jesus christ can bring and we can be the ones to shine the light in the darkness of pain and brokenness to those around us and i just want to say this morning i was just really blessed by the the worship team there and uh, I was just reminded of God's mercy, of his grace, of his love, as he broke into my life on the brokenness. And brothers and sisters, I want to say that I stand here redeemed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for just coming into my life in the brokenness and the pain at the age of 19 into that darkness, Lord, that Lord, as we sang this morning that you redeemed us, you're our redeemer. Because you care for us, because you love us. And I thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace this morning upon us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. Notice how Nehemiah responds in Nehemiah 1, verse 5 and 7. He says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly against you. You know, the first thing here is where is his trust? His trust is in the Lord, right? His trust is in the Lord and he worships God, right? Secondly, he prays day and night. In other words, he prays continually. You know, when you want to be sensitive to the brokenness, prayer is the first place to start. It's in that prayer we were asking for the Holy Spirit to be with us here. And it's in that atmosphere of prayer. And it's when the Holy Spirit speaks through us and motivates us to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. But it starts with prayer. And then finally, he confesses and repents of sin. And folks, I want to challenge you this morning to pray to the Lord for those who are broken at the moment. That was very much... Rawel's prayer, wasn't it? To pray 
for the ones in pain, the disadvantaged, the socially downtrodden. You know, I really feel that this sermon might just be in honor of him. <laughs> I think it is. You know the ones that I'm talking about right now. You know the ones because they're in your lives. They're your family, your friends, your work colleagues, your classmates. You know the ones who are hurting. They might be believers, but they might not. They might not know the Lord yet. But this will start with our own time of prayer and confession. Prayer is so important. I have joined this prayer meeting on a Tuesday night. I actually miss it. I miss coming. <laughs> but it's such a wonderful time at the Light of the World Prayer Center. It's on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. But I want you to know that the heart of your pastors, Jeremy and Raquel, is to pray for those who are broken. That's their heart. For those who are hurting and who are in pain, their heart is to build a prayer meeting for all ages. In these times, the need is great and the gaps of brokenness in our city are many. You see, after praying about the situation, Nehemiah is motivated to action. He is motivated by two things. Firstly, his sorrow at the brokenness. He has compassion. He has empathy for the situation. But he also has the desire to see restoration. Amen? Who believes Jesus Christ is alive today? Amen. You know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews 13, 8. And that means that the same healing power that he had when he was on earth, that's the same healing power that he has today. He is very much alive today. Amen. He's not dead. He says, look, I was dead. Behold, I am alive. And I hold the keys to death. In Hades, he's the victorious, risen, resurrected Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Can he work today in the brokenness and the pain? Yes. Amen. I see it. I see it every day. Notice what he does, though. He goes out and he inspects Nehemiah 2, verse 13. And he sees it for himself. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. He listens to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that prompts him to do something about it. I wonder, are we listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning? When he prompts you to do something, are you being obedient and following up on that? Because right now, as I look out here, we have an army of saints. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, this morning that God has a plan for each and every one of you. You see, the way that he works is despite our brokenness, right? Despite what we've done and where we've been, he wants to use us. What a privilege. What an honor to be used by the King of Kings. And he wants to use every one of us to go out into the gaps and into the brokenness of people's lives around us. What an honor, isn't it? You know, God, that you would use someone like me to minister to someone else. Powerful. 
You know, he inspects these walls and gates himself. He sees the brokenness and gaps, but he knows. Now, here's the thing, folks. The job is too big for one person. Right? It's too big. Nehemiah cannot repair all the brokenness himself. He cannot fill all the gaps of the wall himself. Let me tell you, I love Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Raquel. They cannot do it themselves. They can't. It's impossible, right? No, they need the help of the Blessed City Church. This is something that affects us all, you see. It's a community responsibility to repair all the gaps and the brokenness in the wall needs to be a vision which is captured by the whole of Jerusalem. And that needs to be our vision today, right? Because now is the time, folks. I tell you, now is the time. There is so much need out there. Now is the time for us to stand up into this gap, to stand and, and get involved in the brokenness. I want to say this, right? Because when you do that, there's two things. <laughs> the first thing is, when you rebuild a wall, it's messy, okay? You're going to get covered in cement and all that kind of stuff. And when you get involved in someone's life, it can be messy. It can, all right? It's not all roses. And the second thing is, right, there's sacrifice involved, okay? There's a sacrifice of time. There's a sacrifice of energy. It might be saying no to the football game on a Monday night. Is it Monday night for football? I don't know. Sunday or Monday. I don't understand football. I'm a, rug I'm a rugby fan, <laughs> right? But there's a sacrifice involved in that. But there was a sacrifice on the cross, wasn't there? Is he worth it? He's worth it. He is worthy, isn't he? He is worthy of any sacrifice that we give. Any sacrifice we give is going to pale into insignificance compared to what he did on the cross for us. Because honestly, folks, I don't know anybody else who took two nails for me and another through his feet. I don't know anybody else who shed his blood for me so that I can be redeemed and ransomed, forgiven, restored, born again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And given the gift of eternal life. So any sacrifice we make is in comparison to that is small. And notice what he does. He shares this vision of brokenness with all the Jews. And we look at that in Nehemiah 2, verses 17 and 18. And he says this. Then I said to them, you see the trouble that we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me, and they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. The people of God accepted the responsibility. The fact is, is that they see the gaps and the brokenness of the wall before them. Notice that they come together pretty much of one accord and of one mind there. You see, the brokenness that is around us, it's everybody's problem. If you're a young person in elementary, in middle school or high school, it affects you because the kids in your class are affected by it. If you're an adult, it affects us because the brokenness is with your friends. It's with your family members. It's with your work colleagues. It's with your neighbors. 
affects us all. What are the gaps of brokenness in front of you? Where are the gaps? Where do you see it? You don't have to look too far <laughs> to see hurting people. All right? You don't. It's right there. In fact, the scripture tells us here. I love this scripture. It's from Nehemiah 3 and verse 20. And it says, adjoining this, Jedediah, son of Harumaf, made repairs opposite his house. In other words, the broken gap was right in front of him. And that's the case for us, right? And even now, you know, Holy Spirit, just reveal to us those who are broken, those that you want, that you're putting in, in our path. Sometimes the brokenness is right in front of us. We just need to open our eyes. We need to open our hearts of love and compassion and tenderness to those around us. What brokenness and hurting do you see? Sometimes you don't even have to look for it. Sometimes the, the brokenness even just comes your way, right? I was involved in uh, an evangelistic outreach called Discover His Glory in Bertheson Park. W was anybody there? Yeah, a few folks there. Praise God, great time. But, you know, as director of the prayer center, we committed intercessors. And so we went there six nights on site and we prayed over the site we had a fabulous time we had a fabulous time right six nights prior and then the event started well i want to say in one night there's seven of us praying interchurch wasn't all from one church interchurch and we're praying there right and this young man and he comes past us and he's jogging past us and he's the only guy there right and then he goes off and he comes back and this time he's walking towards us and he stops about 10 feet away just stops. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? And I said, what's going on? And he says, I need help. He's a total stranger. I need help. I said, well, come on over. I said, we're busy praying here. How can we pray for you? I'm in sexual addiction. A complete stranger comes up to people praying, right? So them over I didn't shame them I didn't discourage them I got the people around us we just prayed for them I loved on this guy started praying for him hey, he's broken you know complete stranger opened up his tears are coming down his face you know and we prayed for him do you know what he came back the next night and he said he says you know what I've arranged to go and see a counselor. And we invited him into the prayer. We invited him in to pray with us. We invited him to sing with us. He actually came back on the third night and I was able to, to, to minister and just bless him. Sometimes the brokenness comes to us. One other example. Hey, listen, if, if I go over, you just get that shepherd's crook, all right? And, and it, there's a trap door here, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right there was another time it's anybody here know mitch senti mitch is a pastor and he works uh anyway he has a an outreach on a tuesday night he goes downtown and this is why i wasn't able to come back to prayer meeting i was going out and doing outreach with uh, mitchell 
And um, we, we got in contact with a, a homeless guy there, and the guy needs a blanket. So the guy I'm with, the believer, he's, it's, it's back in his car. And this guy's my age, roughly. He's about my age. So we get on speaking, you know, and I'm just listening to him and the pain that's there in this guy's life. That, you know, it was just unbelievable brokenness, you know. And I said to him, I said, you know, Justin, how can we pray for you? Well, I am so tired. He's not talking about physical tiredness. I'm tired of life. I'm so tired, Bill. You know, and I, uh, the, the spirit laid on my heart to, to read with him Luke 15, the prodigal son. And I actually, I put his name in there. And I said, the father loves you. You only have to turn. He's there for you with open arms. He wants to love you. You know, come back to him. Laid it, laid this in the middle of the street. Laid my hand on him. He's broken. Crying. You know, all we need to do is show the compassion and the love of Christ. Very interesting contrast. I'd actually been anointed with oil. I think it might have been somebody from Blessed City, right? And I had this beautiful smell of uh, frankincense and myrrh on me. And I was confronted with the stench of homelessness. Very interesting contrast, that. Because Christ went into the smell, right? He wasn't put off by it. He was the one who touched the leper. You know, he was the one who reached out to the sinner, to the tax collector, to the prostitute. He was the one who went out to the demon-possessed, right? The fragrance of Christ there is what I'm saying. You know, anyway, coming back into this, are you willing to stand in the gaps of brokenness of people's lives. You know, when we look at chapter 3, and what we see there is this wonderful picture of the wall being rebuilt. We see the brokenness and the gaps restored because the people were prepared to step into the gaps there and fill them. They were prepared to be involved in God's ministry and His plan and there are many churches in Whatcom County, bless the city being one of them, who are coming out of their comfort. They're coming out of their apathy and they're getting involved and they're stepping up. And I want to say this, folks, is that the need is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And there's room for all of us in the harvest. There's room for all of us here. There's a great need there in terms of that brokenness there. Listen to this, Nehemiah 3 in verse 12 and 13. And it says this, Shalom, son of Halohesh. Hello, Halohesh. That's a bad joke. Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of Hahaf, district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. Amen. The valley gate was repaired by Hanan and the residents of Zanoah. They rebuilt it and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. They also repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. What do you notice here? Yeah, you know, praise the Lord. Men and women. 
the responsibility is there. Residence is there, right? Men and women. It wasn't just guys lugging stones. Young and old, fathers and sons, daughters, you know? I'm sure, you know, mothers were, were, would have been involved with that as well. But we get this beautiful picture there. And um, let me just give you a few examples here. There was priests involved. Chapter 3, verse 1, men of Jericho, goldsmiths and perfume makers. In other words, guys who were doing business, right? Guys who worked in the workplace, rulers, residents. But not everybody was involved. Now, let me be clear, everybody saw the brokenness. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw the gaps, but not everybody was involved. Nehemiah 3, verse 5. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. You see, when we see brokenness, we have the choice. We have the choice to get involved or not. We have a choice to stand in the gap and see restoration or not get involved at all. We have that choice. The Lord doesn't force himself into anybody's life. He's always given us a choice. What do you choose to do today? Personally, I have to say the nobles are missing out on the blessing. I love being involved with ministry. I love it. I love being a pastor. I was a pastor, a senior pastor for six years. I love the fact that people would open up their lives. I love being a shepherd and counseling folks, no matter how old or how young or what had happened or where they'd been. But it's just such an awesome privilege knowing that what God has done in my own life and the brokenness and hurt and pain that he's healed and somehow he wants to use me to bless others and to ministry. You kidding me? What a joy. There's no other greater pleasure than working for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other gift which is greater than you can give to your fellow man than to tell him about the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. No other greater gift in this life. The other night, I just about led somebody to the Lord because I was listening to the Holy Spirit. This guy was not a believer, but he had so many questions. It was clear that, I mean, the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, yeah, you know, and he's totally open. And you're going to find that more and more. You see, it's not just brothers and sisters are going through this time of darkness, right? The world is going through this time of darkness, and they're asking questions. You know, what, why am I going through this? What's going on with COVID? What's going on with the government? Right? My, my neighbors just lost their job because of the mandate. Right? Bill, I'm struggling to, to even fathom this. They can't, that's what it's like right now. There's a huge need, but there's a huge opportunity for us there. Okay. I have another. I've, I could go on all day, but I'm, I'm aware of time. And so I want to just say on that, I'm going to cut out this example. But we think when we get involved in the brokenness of people's lives, we are blessing them. But honestly, folks, the reverse is true. We're the ones who are blessed. Amen. The Lord allows us to see that blessing 
uh, to see that compassion. Are we living intuitively to the voice of the Holy Spirit? You see, it's not just a case of putting a brick on the wall every so often. Otherwise, the gaps would never get filled. The brokenness would never get repaired. Rather, it is continually building as you go about your life. It might mean, might mean bringing a meal to someone who is sick. It might just even be obedient to giving somebody a call. That happened to me last week. I, just on my mind, I had to call this pastor and uh, very clearly about protection and uh, is it okay if we come and pray? Yeah, sure. You probably know him. I'm not going to name him. It's a local church. And, uh, and I went around there and we prayed. And, and I said, you know, I, I'm here because, you know, the Lord's laid it on my heart to pray about protection. And he looks at me and he says, Bill, we had a witch here on Monday night outside the church chanting our stuff or whatever. <sighs> so we prayed. Right? We prayed. Boy, did we pray, you know. But I was intuitive to the Holy Spirit. Where does that come from? Time in prayer. Humbleness. Confession. Being open. Time in prayer. That's where that comes from. I'm not sitting here bragging about Bill Richardson. I want to be known as two things, honestly. I want to be known as a man who worships God. But I also want to be known as a man who humbles himself before God in terms of repentance and confession. I want to do that every day, right? I want to keep short accounts with God. I want to be used for the maximum potential that God has for me, right? Do you know what happened? So after we prayed, and I said to him, I said, look, can I, can I bring a friend back? I want to go and just pray around your church. Sure, no problem. Tim Scott so we went around and we anointed the corners of the church. We anointed with oil over the door frames. We prayed around this church seven times. Tim has a shofar and he blew the shofar. We're asking for angelic protection, right? We're declaring the word of God publicly and very loudly <laughs> in a Scottish accent, right? But we, <laughs> you know, it has greater effect. No, it doesn't. But that's what we did. And we're praying for protection over the pastor, over his ministry team, and over the congregation. I bumped into him in a cafe two days later. And you know what he said? He said, Bill, after you prayed, we had somebody in our fellowship had a dream that angels were coming and protecting around the church. Amen? Folks, what would have happened if I had not been obedient? And gone and prayed over that pastor. The Lord's speaking to all of us. The question is, are we listening? The question is, are we doing it? Will you be the one to stand in the gap of brokenness with prayer? I've got six words I want to leave with you as a challenge. Six powerful words. How can I pray for you? Rocket science, right? How can I pray for you? You can ask anybody that. And right now, I would say nine times out of ten, 
you're going to get an answer. You're going to get a prayer request. And the tenth time, and when they say, hey, no, that's okay, I'm okay at the moment. Well, we're Christians, right? What do we do? We turn away and we go ahead and pray for them anyway. Okay, so it's, it's a win-win situation. You know, get to pray for 10 out of 10, 100%, right? How can I pray for you? Sharon and I were in a restaurant, Applebee's, who's back in uh, Pullman, Moscow. And we're like, you know, uh, had this lovely bubbly waitress. And we just said, shall we pray for her? I'm not sure. She seems really happy and content and joyful. And I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll just do it anyway. How can I pray for you? Her name is Belen. I think it's Spanish for Bethlehem, but her name is Belen. Stops what she's doing, right? Literally in the middle of the restaurant. 20 minutes, she's pouring out her heart to us. She's pouring out her heart of pain, of brokenness. Like she's weeping. I'm thinking, man, she's going to get fired, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to pray for you. I didn't want you to lose your job. Sharon and I are praying for her. She didn't come to faith that day, but that's a step in the right direction. Six simple words. How can I pray for you? Choose to be involved. See the restoration of brokenness by the transforming power of Christ at work. He is very much alive today. As Pastor Jeremy said, he is still healing today. Amen? He is still healing today. There's two things I want to pray. Are we good for time? Okay. There's two things I want to pray just now. And one is, I want us to close our eyes. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal to us right now those who are in pain, those who are broken, and you know the ones. So Holy Spirit, as we say, Holy Spirit, your presence is welcome here. That's how you speak to us. You love your children here. And so I just pray for the brothers and sisters here this morning. Will you reveal right now show us show us the people show us the opportunities show us the children show us the, the kids our classmates will you show us our family relatives the ones who are suffering from illness or cancer the ones who are in grief because they've lost a loved one. The neighbor, the work colleague. And if you're just getting a name or a picture of somebody, can you just raise your hand right now? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And so as we think of those, Lord, I'm just going to pray in faith for the opportunities that you've given the believers right now. I want to pray for those opportunities in faith because you're going to minister through these people. Give them the strength. Give them the energy. Give them the power of Christ. Give them the words of Christ to share. As many others I know, 
And this might be something after the sermon today or after the message, right, that he might speak to you and say, hey, look, you know what? Go and phone so-and-so. Go and reach out. You've got a choice. Will you be obedient to it? And secondly as well, you know, I just want to end in this and that. You know, as I was preparing this, I think there might be some people who are really struggling right now in here. I don't know what your situation is, but just got a sense on this. I was sharing this with Jeremy. But if you, if, if that's you this morning, if you're in pain, if you're hurting, if you're broken, I'm speaking to some folks right now, okay? I just want you to come down here and we want to pray for you, right? There's people here right now. I know it. The Spirit's telling me that. Will you just come down and all we want to do is just pray for you? Because there's definitely pain and brokenness in this room. If that's you this week, I don't know, like I say, I don't know what your situation is. But I believe that the Spirit is speaking to you this morning. And that the Spirit is here and that he wants to minister to you this morning. So come down just now. Come down to the altar. Okay, remain in your seats. Lord, I just want to pray for those people here. I just get a sense of those who are in pain right now here. That pain is very real. And I just want to thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, just for your love for us, for your compassion on us. Father, for your grace, for your ministry, for your mercy. Lord, I want to pray for those in this room. They're just hurting at the moment. Whatever's going on, they're in pain, Lord. There's definite brokenness there. And so we just pray for that. Will you minister to that? Breathe on them, Holy Spirit. Heal them. Heal the wounds of brokenness. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for Raul. What a man of God. We stepped up, Lord, into that gap. Stepped into the brokenness of many lives. And this, this sermon is in honor of him and for what he stood for. Lord, he's passed on that baton to us to continue to step into the gaps of pain and brokenness in people's lives. Lord God, may we do it. May we be obedient to your call. In Jesus' name, amen.